Hello, everybody, and welcome back once again to Point of Origin, episode 44, the podcast where, just like in Harry Potter, I'm forced to reflect on how exactly memories work, because, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't remember myself in the third person. Uh, I don't remember events I wasn't there to witness. Ah, yes, that as well. So... <laughs> So yeah, there's some conundrums here. This show is rapidly approaching um, a really funny little thing for me, which is, if not in the cold open, then pretty quickly upon you know the opening of the episode, the show seems to go, okay, we're going to set up our premise, and then we're going to immediately base it on something that can't actually work. Right. And then we're just going to go from there. Because it's everything lately now has been based on like a core concept that doesn't actually work, but the rest of it's kind of cool when based on it. The thing I feel like they honestly, it's, it's weird because like, I know they thought it was a cool concept to be like, yeah, instead of it being like in politics where we're just like manually having these flashbacks, like they're talking about it again. No, it's actually happening in the show. They're seeing these things again. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, wh why? <laughs> yeah, why is it necessary? That. <laughs> yeah. But also, in that case, it should definitely be, like, first-person perspective memory. Is plural. <laughs> that they are uh, witnessing instead of this Ponce-type shit. Mm -hmm. So on that note, we are. I'm Liz. And I'm Mel. Yay. Hey, you know what? Any time that we introduce ourselves before the ten-minute mark is a win in my book. Heck yeah. And at least five minutes of this is before we even started actually talking for yeah. the episode. So Yeah. No, I'm just remembering that one night, our episode where we didn't introduce ourselves until like 17 minutes in. <laughs> of course, there's always that one time, and I'll never, I'll never reveal which episode it was, but there's also that one episode <laughs> where we never actually did introduce ourselves, and as we were concluding the episode, we went, wait, shit. <laughs> so then we had to do the soundbite part then, and I had to go grab it and put it in the beginning. To be fair, I was aware of that episode because obviously I recorded it, and I don't even remember what episode it's in. Exactly. Yeah, I think it sounded it sounded not shitty enough, and we already sound awkward enough that it it's I don't think it stood out. Our na our names never come in naturally into our introduction. It's because just... we're never coming in naturally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so with that this... in mind. <laughs> So this week, uh, we are covering uh, Season 2, Episode 22, the end of Season 2, uh, and it's called Out of Mind. And provided, of course, that I don't jinx it by saying this, but as long as I get this one edited and done in time, we'll have actually gotten through an entire season without getting any gaps. Woo! No separation because of moving or because of pandemic. Like, we, we figured out how to operate during the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So. With this episode, I actually have to say, I spent most of last week at the end, I'm like, I love saying something that I then immediately contradict. For example, saying I spent most of last episode and then going, but actually it was more like just the last five seconds, but whatever. Yeah. I just remember whining about how much I was not looking forward to this episode. And I gotta say, it actually, I mean, it wasn't like, you know, a terrific episode, don't get me wrong, but it was not that bad. It was better than politics. Yeah, I mean, that's not much of a bar, but no. yeah. <laughs> 
But it's the other clip show to compare it to. And I was right. There is a chick. She's Ellen from Supernatural. Ellen. That threw me so hard. I was blink, blink, blinking my way into just like, wait. She's got that real recognizable jaw. But honestly, it was when she spoke. I was like, oh, yeah, that's Ellen. <laughs> yeah, she's got a very distinct voice. But it, she, yeah. hey, she did a great job in this. She did. Um, she did. As far as two people who are very much not designed to speak a certain language, uh, she pulled off a certain scene as much as she could. As much as she could. So yeah, I, I was probably I was probably predisposed to just loving her regardless. So I think she pretty much did no wrong in this, and I'm happy it's a two parter because <laughs> that means we might get more of her, which is all I care about. True. Well, I, I don't know how much she would actually play into the next one. No, no. I, we did I, get I'm, I'm to hoping. like. <laughs> I'm hoping. I wasn't like the last like four minutes of the episode, and I was like, "Oh, this is a two parter." <laughs> right. It's like watching Pirates of the Caribbean two in theaters way back when, right after uh, the Kraken starts attacking Jack, and everybody, myself included, was in the theater going, "Ah, shit, we're we gonna be here for another hour." <laughs> and then it's like, "No, no, 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 that's another movie." <laughs> Uh, so yeah, it was kind of like that feel, and then right right up to the end, we went, oh, right, season finales tended to be cliffhangers, that's right. Yeah, I forgot that, honestly. I honestly hate it as a practice, I hate it as a practice, especially, maybe it's just because of today, where I don't, I, I don't remember how it used to be, I was not a nearly as much of a cognizant individual back then, but... I feel like TV shows used to last, like, had a better chance of lasting past a first season back then. Because nowadays, I swear to God, what, it feels like, feels like a tiny percentage of shows make it past the first or second season. So today, yeah. when I see shows doing cliffhangers at the end of their seasons, I'm like, bitch, seriously, like, unless you have clout, are you really, <laughs> is this really how you want to do it? I mean, at least some had backups. Like, I know, I remember reading somewhere once that, like, How I Met Your Mother, back before it got super skeevy. Um, yeah. <laughs> in the first season, they apparently had a backup where if they got canceled, that chick that he was dating in that season was going to end up being the mother. Mm-hmm. So, like, they, they thought ahead. So I can see shows, like, doing that. So I don't know, like, you know, what Stargates, you know, for example, maybe they had a back. Maybe, yeah. I don't know what their plan was. Maybe they had a backup. Either way, I always just question shows that do that, especially early on. I'm just like, okay, and then what happens? Now, and this is this is pretty early for me to be saying this, but speaking of, Farscape. They had a contract. <laughs> They had a contract. They were not, they were like supposed to be safe. I think I read somewhere once they were supposed to be safe from cancellation because they only wanted to go for five seasons anyway. Yeah. And then it got canceled after season four on a huge cliffhanger. So it's like, I'm always just mad at shows. Why not just let the last season happen? That's so stupid. Trust me, I, myself and many others have bitched about this for years. I mean, to be fair, you know, the fans were so pissed off they got it back for a miniseries. So at least there was that. You know, they did get to conclude most of the storylines to the best of their ability. But yeah, no, I just, I, uh, I just, I, I, I have a thing against it. I know they're trying to, you know, be this way on purpose. I know the whole point is to create a hook to draw you in and get the produ- you know, producers to be able to get that money. I don't know how they do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever it takes. I know the whole point of the season finale cliffhanger is to get a season after. Yeah. But every time I see it, I'm still like, okay, cool. I mean, I don't know if I commend your uh, confidence or am I just annoyed with you? Because (laughs) I guess we'll find out if your show comes back whether or not I commend you or I'm annoyed with you. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah, I know. I I don't know if it was super common specifically in this era, because um, yeah, I just I can't remember. I'm sure. I, yeah, this can't be that divergent of a thing, you know. Like this. Yeah, I feel like we talk about was... like these are like distinct eras in history, but yeah, but I do feel like I remember a time where um, all shows did this. And it was kind of like insurance to be like, ah, you gotta like our show because you need to know what happened, right? So we need to come back next season, right? Maybe TV was just better back then. Maybe there was just better shit out there. So it wasn't, it didn't have so much to do with like their practices of cliffhangers or not, so much to do with just just their overall quality of writing. (laughs) Because maybe shows just suck so much more now that they don't make it for that. I don't know. I, I, again, with things I've read, I remember reading up once on, like, that Pan Am show that was about a bunch of uh, flight attendants. Yeah. It was, like, apparently a huge financial gamble. And apparently shows tend to be like that, because you have to put a shit ton of money into creating it. And then just letting it go after a season or two, it's like, but then why did you bother? <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'm, I, this is a long one away of me being like, okay, Stargate, uh, that was... I guess Showtime had a bigger contract with you or something. Yeah. <laughs> I guess they could afford I, to do it. I think season three is also some sort of a cliffhanger. Jeez. Honestly, it's, it's, like, you know what's really funny? The only season that wasn't a cliffhanger was the one that was supposed to be the fucking end. <laughs> <laughs> if that's what it turns out being, I might cry. <laughs> if season eight is literally the only one that isn't a cliffhanger, I mean, obviously, aside from season ten, then yeah, I'm just going to be like fucking No, hell. season ten's going to have a cliffhanger. <laughs> Thank God Unending does not have a cliffhanger. <laughs> it's actually pretty nostalgic looking, as far as cheesy endings go. Huh. Yeah, I think they like to do their cliffhanger season finales. I think that's just what they like to do. Great. So I guess people get to hear me whine about this every season. Yeah. <laughs> All well, right. On that note, let's get the synopsis for this episode out of the way. Uh, O'Neill awakens, seemingly from a 79-year cryogenic sleep to find that his team is long dead. He is questioned about the Stargate, but then discovers that it's a setup, and he's actually a prisoner of the Gold, who intend to learn all his secrets, and then destroy him. Not? Not? Yep, I gotta say, that's not so, terrible. Sort of? <laughs> the plot's half correct. <laughs> I mean, it's not even that far off, actually. I uh, was looking up some stuff online, last time about you know like how these little mini summaries and stuff work for tv shows and stuff and apparently there really isn't much of a standard (laughs) because everybody had a different idea for how it works but something that i did read was that he talked about how he actually would throw in purposeful little red herrings in the summaries because that's much like what a trailer was supposed to do was supposed to kind of misdirect you like tell you what's going on but also misdirect you so that way you went in and could still be surprised even though you knew what was coming yeah i can't when it's I done right, it for... I guess it's okay. And this one doesn't seem terrible. Yeah, this one's not not right. There's some where it's like, <laughs> did you even watch the episode you made a synopsis for? Right. Whereas this one, it's just like, if you stopped the episode like 10 minutes before the end, you would think this is correct. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I'm here so for that's it. Fair. It's not, it's definitely not one of the worst ones we've ever read. I still hate that they, uh use last names in the synopses. Yeah, I, I don't mean, like it. I feel like that has to just be like a continuation thing of the theme from like the movie. You know, O'Neill with Maybe. his nerves of steel and shit like that. That's literally all I can give them. <laughs> Alright, uh, well, this episode was, this is another one where it's a story by, mm. uh, and it's the story is by Jonathan Glasner and Brad Wright, and then the teleplay is by Jonathan Glasner. 
Oh, cool. So that actually kind of explains why this isn't that bad of an episode. It also explains where the uh, the science that the whole episode hinges on doesn't make any fucking sense. Because Glasner's science never makes oh, any right. fucking sense. That is right. <laughs> you know, it's it's all well and good that I can sit here 20 years later and critique their uh, abilities with my high-speed internet and <laughs> Google and... You know, the ability to rewatch this as a finished product and then yeah. go back and be like, ooh, look what you could have done better. You know, with all of that being said, they still did a shit job. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, I obviously sit here with my extremely high pedestal going, well, look at all this judgment I can cast down. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he plays, as usual, fast and loose with science, but science fiction does that. And yeah, I, yeah, honestly, yeah. this episode did not put me in a bad mood. I'm sitting here going like, dude. I even had to watch it twice because we were supposed to record a few days ago and then shit happens. So I, I rewatched it today so I would, you know, kind of be fresh. Yeah, honestly, like, as much as I immediately rolled my eyes at, God, another freaking clip show. <laughs> uh, and the fact that, like, I felt, I felt like the way they inserted the clip shows was just a little too forced. Like, we, we already talked about how, like, the way they're like, yeah... We're pl- we're we're digging into your memories, and as you talk about them, it'll create this like holographic projection. It's like you didn't need to do that, and doing that made it not make sense. You could have yeah. just done a politics again and had them talk about it. Yeah, I'm guessing they were trying to mix it up. I think this episode was supposed to be one of those. Um, I can't remember how long ago now it was. The first time I mentioned it, but I've I've noticed every now and then that shows like to do that ooh, look what we can do kind of thing with their CGI. Yeah. Because, for example, this apparently is actually the first, sadly not of the last, but the first um, of many grossly bad CGI snakes. Uh. Um, and I think this was more of that, which was, hey, look what we can do. Because this show was kind of based on something the same, you know, the same thing that kind of the movie was based on, which was really cool special effects with the Stargate. Yeah. And the thing about a, you know, a TV show is that it's serial, so you're going to see it all the time. You're going to get desensitized to it. It's like, this is why the moon landing got boring, is because people could see it every other week on TV, and it's like, oh, well, you know, we did that last month, so whatever. So it's like, yeah, <laughs> I've seen this really cool special effect a couple times. I'm getting bored. And then I guess it's time for, ooh, flashbacks via hologram, and look what we can do. We can make the snakes virtual. Ugh. <laughs> Listen, they're doing their best. Hey, uh, I, and... I I call it grossly bad, but I'm sure if I was wa- had been watching it back then, I'm sure I was like, "Whoa, look at that! It looks like a real yeah. snake." <laughs> and um, it, this episode is directed by Martin Wood. Poor Martin Wood is given every freaking clip show. You know, I have to say, I do not think this episode is poorly directed. No, Martin Wood's one of the good directors. That's why I'm like, poor Martin Wood. Like, give him something better to work with. Well, I actually mean that as in, I think it looked as smooth as it was gonna, because there were actually a couple of good shots that I liked. Um, I was making a smart-ass note about, this is why you don't build useless accent walls in your lairs, kids. Because (laughs) there's a shot where... Uh, Jack is behind one of those accent walls and yes, is able to I, avoid a convoy yeah, of guards. Yeah, the thing is really yeah. good. Yeah. And there's a lot of shots like that where, so yes, this might be a clip show, but I think that, I think it makes it even better that means that he has even smaller amount of time to work at, you know, to do his stuff, and he still manages to get those good shots in there. Well, if you remember, because um, he also did politics, is why I'm like, why does why do they keep forcing the clip shows on Martin Wood? But politics, despite the fact that politics took place almost entirely in the briefing room, 
um, had some really interesting good shots, too. Like, there was that one really great one that, like, came up from the bottom of the stairs into the briefing room. Oh, I think I remember that, kind of, yeah. You'd think my memory would be better on these, but... <laughs> yeah, on that note, let's, uh, let's actually get into the episode. Okay, I have to say this for, for leading in. Yes. I love it when you can tell an intro scene and dialogue is literally just for the audience. Yeah. Because there is no other reason other than for the audience or nefarious purposes that you would immediately launch into a guy who's literally just waking up and is still in the process of waking up from this process. Oh, I, I, I was all honestly thinking when you were talking about like the, the opening thing where they pull out this uh, tube that definitely has a body in it from uh, what looks like a cold nitro uh, nitroglycerin pit. Because it's got like no, that. No, nitroglycerin is explosive. No, not nitroglycerin. What the fuck am I uh, thinking of? Liquid nitrogen. Liquid nitrogen. I knew it was nitro, and then I just added the wrong into it. You'll notice I paused for a second, too, because I was like, yeah, that's right. Wait. <laughs> Wait. Yeah, in no, my note, it literally explosive. just says nitro. It doesn't say nitroglycerin or nitrogen, because I, I was like, I'm forgetting the last part of this, but I know nitro is part of it, so whatever. My favorite but, thing yeah. about nitroglycerin is that it's both an explosive and a heart medication because that's how fun nature is. Yeah. But yeah, they pull this uh, tube out and um, I I thought of you because the, the guy in charge says begin cryo-reversal and then Ellen says the exact same thing again as she does and I thought of Galaxy Quest. <laughs> Look, Look, I have, I have one, one job, job on, on this ship. lousy ship. It's <laughs> stupid, but I'm going to do it, okay? <laughs> I mean, she has more than one job. Because she's the one actually putting the inputs into the machines to do this stuff. So, yay, she's not Sigourney Weaver. She has more than one job. Yeah. They let Ellen have more jobs. Yay. Uh, so, Jack's in the tube, and uh, he wakes up, and they tell him all his friends are dead, and the year is Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> you beat me to it. I really am mad. <laughs> That's my note. I was so ready for it. That's why I wanted to set the scenes, because I didn't want to say the tube part first. I wanted to say the 2077 part first, but then you... Bitch. Yeah. Okay. It's well, literally fine. in my notes. Yeah, right here. I'm looking right at it. Jesus Christ. Uh, well, this week on Mel and I are the same person. God. As soon as he said the year is 2077, I went, Cyberpunk? I was, yeah, I was like, oh, what do you know? Oh, oh man. God. Okay. Can I say one thing? The dumbest thing about no. this opening. <laughs> The dumb- <laughs> well, in that case, I'll say two. Ha. Okay, good. Good, go for it. <laughs> the dumbest thing about this episode opening, sorry, this, the dumbest thing about this opening scene isn't the fact that it should be painfully obvious how bad this is, how, yeah. how, how much this is just for the audience, that the second he's awake, they're already like, hey, by the way, this is the year and your teammates are dead. Because I don't know right. anybody who's had, like, I don't know, like, even just, like, outpatient surgery. You can have just, when you're waking up, your short-term memory is crap at first. You have to actually be, like, awake-awake. I can't even imagine how much worse that state must be when you're coming out of cryogenic suspension. <laughs> so, sure, you can tell him that in the first 30 seconds. You're going to have to tell him again in another 30 yeah. seconds. <laughs> and maybe again after that. <laughs> I mean, you want to waste your time? Go for it, bro. But what kills me is, Mel, do you know what he's lying on? That's, like, electronic packing tape. Oh my god. Packing material, I should say. Packing foam. 
Uh, it looks like that and or the, it looks like a black version of this, like a thicker black version, that's a sentence out loud, of the mesh you put between sheetrock when you're putting up, when you're hanging sheetrock, you put this meshy shit. Oh, on the seams and you cover that up and that's how you keep the seams from showing this guy looks like that or like packing foam it's so clearly obviously not for bio beds uh-huh. but it looks you know futury i totally see why they did it but i i'm just cracking up that i never noticed that before once i saw it i couldn't unsee it for the rest of the thing especially every time sam uh moved because it was clearly sticking to her so yeah it just amused the shit out of me i was like wait isn't that the crap like my laptop rests on <laughs> Yes, yes it is. So yeah, they're uh, swaddled up in packing foam. Yes, they are. Well, and he is. Sorry, yeah. I totally spoiled it. He is pa- uh, no, swaddled well, you up in... Yeah, you already said Sam, too. After I just said all his friends are dead. You ruined it! I did. My bad. So, uh, not that the synopsis didn't already reveal that... Right. Uh, <laughs> that there's a secret going on here. Yeah, they really pushed the drama in this cold open. Um, but yeah, so they, basically he's like, what happened? And they're like, we were hoping you could tell us. And I was like, huh, immediately obvious probing. Cool. (laughs) Right? I was like, nice of them not to mention why they're debriefing him while he's still, you know, naked and swaddled in bubble wrap. Naked on bed, right? They tell him that he was sent back through the gate, already frozen, and that they were basically like, look, we don't have the technology right now to probably safely unfreeze him, so we'll put him in cold storage until we figure it out. And it's like, if you didn't have the technology to unfreeze him, how would you have the technology to keep him frozen? Same note. That's all I could think was like, okay, and how did you do that? And I wrote another one about like, and I guess it makes sense to someone why they kept him in the mountain. Like, I I mean, I guess, I mean, I guess it didn't not make sense, but yeah, they just, Kept him in the mountain in the freezer they apparently had handy. Right next to the ice cream. <laughs> Your face. I don't like that picture. I don't, I don't, I don't care for that image whatsoever. Uh, so Jack is asked if he remembers anything from that planet. And, uh, and he's like, no. And he asks to have a walk around. And the nurse, Ellen, is basically like, yeah, you can have him for an hour. <laughs> okay, so you have a time limit on how long you can keep this up. Okay, cool. <laughs> I mean, the one good thing this episode has going for it is that they actually do explain, and this is pretty obvious, too, that they're drugging the shit out of everybody the oh, whole time. Oh, yeah. So exactly. that is the only thing that explains away all these red flags that are just making all those whistling noises as they go over everybody's exactly. heads. <laughs> I couldn't stop laughing. I'm like, yep, there's red flag number 17. and mm-hmm. just Oh, and there's 18 around the corner. Cool. That didn't take long. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, at least they were like, yeah, we yeah, totally. We drugged the crap out of them. We're not just that stupid. Like, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um... He gets a little, oh, I, I have a note where I hate the futuristic version of fatigues. They nope, look so cheap. Okay. They look so cheap. Well, they probably were, but here's what really kills me. Here's So, not just that for, okay, I, my things all sound like your thing's so small. So, yeah, <laughs> no, I have, I have a problem with them as well. And my thing is, have military uniforms really changed that much? Like, I, for example, I used to watch Eureka, and they have an episode that's in 1947, and yeah, like, the uniforms, like, look a little different, but in the end, they're not 
actually that different these days. So yeah. the concept of them changing that much in 50 years to the point where we add third and fourth flaps onto the front is just... Also, maybe I just don't I just, see it. I don't see maybe, it. Maybe I just don't know anything about the military, and that is true. Um, I shouldn't have said maybe there, but... <laughs> Does zippers seem like a good idea for fatigues? I, I, I don't know. I thought it was always like a Velcro patch thing. Yeah, because the, the, these new futuristic ones have a big old zipper down the middle. And I'm like, I don't know if that's a smart idea. I was too busy focusing on how he looked. It looked like he had like a case of half gillitis because of the flaps. I didn't even really pay attention to the zipper. There's a zipper as well. Yeah, that doesn't make sense either to me. Yeah, yeah it's right down the middle. Don't tend to have zippers, do they? I think no. I think it's all, like, Velcro and buttons. Yeah. I guess it has to do with, like, utility, because zippers break and shit. Yeah, zippers would be so easy to break And they snag, and they're loud, and they're reflective. They're reflective, too. Yes. I bet that's Uh a huge part right there. I bet I'm like, I bet we listed, like, at fifth. There was, like, the number one thing, and everybody in the military is like, dumbass, dumbass, dumbass. There it is. (laughs) I mean, loud also makes sense. But to be fair, like, on the reflective note, these, these new fatigues themselves are slightly reflective just in the fabric. Yeah, it's I think this they were shiny just going for that sort of fabric. Thing. Yeah, I, I, just, I know what I always doing, laugh but at people's ugly. interpretations of future clothes because it's always like all swoopy and it's always got like weird extra bones and shit. Like the guys, the guy had like these weird like what looks like bone buttons on his front. Yeah, <laughs> I guess they were metal, but to be or honest, the they kept one, looking, like, uh, bone the ones. one like intern guy who came up in what looks like a full like priest smock outfit. <laughs> yeah, they're yeah. I always laugh. I, Mostly because, especially when you look at it now, it's like, oh my god, look at our fashion. It's completely different than it was in the 20s, for example. But yeah, it's never as outlandish as people think. I think people need to stop thinking that in the future we're going to give more of a fuck. Because if history has taught us anything, is that humans are on an ever-long quest for finding more ways to give less of a fuck. So that means... Absolutely. Clothes are going to translate that well, that way as well, I believe. <laughs> I don't know yeah, how it would so. work. That's that's as far as my <laughs> intuition in this moment in this subject goes. But there you go. There's my there's my contribution. But yeah, they always go so extra, and I'm like, really? Do you really think we're gonna give more of a fuck? I don't. No. I don't know if that's possible. Maybe for like the the black ties, but not beyond that. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, except for like elitists, but we, they're already out yeah. there anyway. So fuck it. Exactly. So yeah, they're giving Jack this tour and like giving him like a very vague rundown of what they do now. And one of the things is that they say that they have, um, they've colonized other planets at this point. And uh, Jack seems very unimpressed to hear that. He's like, huh, we're doing that now, huh? I would love to know why he's unimpressed with that. I would buy it, I'm sure. But they don't go into this at all. I, and, I, and, I, I and I'm think- annoyed. The only thing I can think is it's a callback to spirits and, like, that whole element. Oh, oh, that would actually totally track. Okay, yeah, that works for me. But I do feel like they should have said, like, one more line to help cement that, maybe. Yeah, no, that tracks for me. Yeah, that's all I think, but, like, uh, yeah. I just, I I appreciated that, like, he was visibly not impressed that they were colonizing, and this Yeah, I caught the reaction, I just didn't get why, but that, that, that totally works for me. And that this new general guy did not get that Jack was not impressed. <laughs> that or he didn't give a shit. That I mean, could be in character. when we find out who he is as a person, I think it just went over his head. That that is also a thing. But if you wanted to go from like a human general perspective, it could just be that he doesn't give a shit. Yeah, that's also believable. 
despite the actual source, he is just on the quest to get info out of Jack. So he really doesn't give that much of a fuck. He, he exactly. really just wants Jack to shut up and get going on what he needs. On that note, though, uh, he takes Jack into the gate room and Jack's like staring at the gate and this guy starts to probe him about his last mission. And what I love is that this is all on Richard Dean Anderson and his great subtle acting. But the moment this guy probes him about the mission again, there's like there's a there's a way he holds himself right after he gets asked that, where you're like, Jack already suspects something. Cause he just hesitates a little bit. And then he like talks like normal again, but you can just tell that he knows something's up. His spidey sense is tingling. He may not have any exactly. idea what's going on, but he knows something's afoot. Yeah, but he finds out from this guy that uh, the SGC are still fighting the gold, which I'm like, really? 78 years later, 79 years later, and you haven't, one of you hasn't wiped the other out <laughs> in 78 years? How is this believable? <laughs> what I don't understand is how, I mean, I, I can't, never mind. I do. To quote <laughs> an episode of Monk, drugs. It's always drugs. Go, yeah. Drugs mm-hmm. makes everything better. As in, of course you wouldn't ask questions. But I have some fucking questions about right? how they've managed to be both apparently losing a war but also colonizing. Yeah, well, because he points out... Like, maybe they like, weren't losing until they started colonizing. But again, if you're going to set this up, I feel like you should just establish a little bit more. I know I should... Just, I'm dissing actually... A, I know I'm actually dissing a character in the story for her bad setup. <laughs> so I know this is technically me complimenting the episode. So cool. Great. Yeah. But it he needs to establish more and leaves everything out. <laughs> yeah. So basically he explains that like that they're still dealing with the gold. The gold are still our threat. And they're especially a threat to the outposts. All the places they've colonized now. Um which he makes begs a point the question, how are... did you set them up then? Right? I don't know, man. I it doesn't make any sense. But you're not supposed to thread your thread. You're not supposed to spread yourself thinner when you're dealing with a threat like that. You're supposed especially to bread yourself, like, apparently. Yeah, and especially on the locations that you're not as familiar with. It's just it's dumb. Um, yeah, yeah. I I'm I'm guessing the only thing that makes sense to me is that they started to colonize and then shit went and hit the fan. But then it's like okay, cool. But then why was that only then? What happened in the meantime? Like I said, yeah, establishment. Yeah, the gold has been a threat is, this entire time. Yeah, it there, make there's any nothing sense. being established here, which... Yeah. I know it's so, technically a good thing, because again, it's, it's part of a character development. Of course she wouldn't yeah. be able to. She doesn't know shit. <laughs> and drugs. Exactly. So the general guy um, says that... Uh, he, he basically says that they, they think that Jack was saved by the gold that was on the planet that they went to. And thinks that maybe this person managed to fight against the snake inhabiting them long enough to save Jack. And so they want to know who that is, because they could be really useful if they're still around now against the gold. Um, so they bring Jack back to his little his little solitary confinement chamber. <laughs> With surprisingly open doors. Right? Uh, and... They put this little chip thing on his forehead. It's supposed to help facilitate um, translating his memories into holographic images that we can see. Uh, so they, he's told that the device they're using on him um, is something that the Toker gave them. And he's like, oh, are they still our allies, huh? And he's like, yes, they've been very, you know, useful 
through these years. And Jack's like, just not much help on the outpost colonies, huh? And I love that this general is not good at thinking on his feet because he just goes, no. <laughs> Drugs. That's, that's like, what, red flag for number four at this point already? This man has not been trained to think on his feet whatsoever. <laughs> to be fair, it is insinuated that he is also under the effects of something. So yeah, it might just be that he, he's dumb because also drugs. Yeah, it's just so funny. It's like, that's not an answer. Stop it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they... So Ellen tells uh, Jack to think about any race you've met advanced enough to be a threat to the gold. And I'm like, huh. That's not suspicious or anything. <laughs> My first thing here is, okay, if this isn't, like, clue 112 that these people right? aren't who they say they are, they would know who the fucking Nox are. Yes, literally, like, two notes down on this. I'm like, why do they not have the briefing details on the Nox mission if they're part of SGC? Yeah, as did, soon as he did said they just the Nox throw away all of on. their briefing missions after yeah, 70 years? Exactly. But yeah, because as soon as he says Nox, they should have just gone, oh, okay, yeah, we know about them, and then been on their way. But of course, you know, this is supposed to be like a haha moment, but it's just, it's just, it just hurts. This should be really fucking obvious, Jack, that they're not who they say they are. Yeah, that's literally my next note is, sorry, if this is supposed to be SGC, how would this nurse not know about the Nox? But yeah, so then Jack brings up the Asgard. And at this point, I went, this line of questioning doesn't even make sense for their supposed theory that the, uh, that a gold saved him specifically. Because they're asking, do you think there, do you, can you think of any other races that would have been able to have this sort of technology to save you? You just said it was the gold who saved me! Yeah! So what do you mean other races? The dialogue doesn't really line up there, does it? Which I feel like is fine because... It's not supposed to. It's supposed to be raising red flags. But it's just like, what? <laughs> right, but it's like when they're that glaring and you have what appears to be Jack starting to catch on in other ways. It's just it's just funny that he's not catching on now. Maybe it's because there's something in his brain and maybe it's just making it hard for him to connect dots. I mean, maybe like I'm drugs? just... drugs? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, mean I, I don't know what it feels like to have a thing literally stabbed into my skull, so maybe it's yeah, disorienting. Maybe. But then... Uh, they actually do a pretty decent job, as much as I hate clip shows in general. They do a decent job of threading, um, Jack talking about the Asgard into the Torment of Tantalus episode, where we, he talk we see the Thor's Chariot episode a little bit, and then we see the Fifth Race, where he went to the Asgard to get fixed, and we see the end of that episode where they say the human, that humankind is on its way to becoming the Fifth Race, and that's a lead-in to finding about, out about the allies against the gold. Which is honestly a good, a good lead-in. In terms of, you know, clip shows, yeah. Yeah, it's one of the more um, natural transitions I've seen in clip shows. If this was a 6th grader's PowerPoint, I would give them an A. There you go! <laughs> uh, so at this point, Jack has a bad reaction to the machine. Probably because his brain is going, Why are they asking about other races if they think a gold saves me? <laughs> I think his brain is throwing up error, error, this does not compute messages, and that's why he's rebelling against the machine. Uh, you know, because you said it, I'm going to bring this up right now, it's not going to come up for a little bit, but there's a, a flashback where they're on a go-old mothership, 
Or is there, I, I actually didn't catch it, but apparently they call it a travel ship or something originally, and then later they just start calling them motherships. Um, huh. Yeah, I missed that the first time around. I didn't catch last time, but this time around, the dramatic beats that are playing during the flashback, <laughs> my first thought was that there was something wrong with my computer. Because they sounded eerily similar to a Windows error sound. Oh, the no. Bump, bump, bump sound. <laughs> and I, they played a couple times and I laughed. I was like, wow, how is it that I never caught that before? And it was just, it was not this, quite the same, but it was close enough that it was, it was amusing. That is funny. Speaking of error noises. So, yeah, so Jack has a bad reaction uh, to their very bad lies, <laughs> is, is my interpretation of this. Bad and they reaction have to, stop. to bad lies. I like that. Yes. That's me right there. <laughs> I, that. no, I, I like that description. That's good. So they have to stop questioning him for now. Um, and they decide to put him back under, basically, to quote-unquote heal some more. Uh, and then we see, yeah, then we see the nurse in general uh, walk out of the room, and they walk into another room with another pod being moved, which reveals Daniel. What? A twist? <laughs> my note is my goodness i'm so shocked they were lying what do you mean <laughs> you what? mean they it, it wasn't true the rest of his team isn't dead what to be fair there is gonna come a time where we're gonna make the joke about and the, the funny thing is, is of course you know it's the main character so they're not gonna kill him except it's season five so actually he is gonna die <laughs> no stop <laughs> I mean, he eventually came back. <laughs> Under a new contract. <laughs> it wasn't even that long. He came back almost immediately. Abyss well, wasn't that star. far into the next season. Look, I think the intention was to renegotiate. I yeah, think yeah. It was never, I don't think it was ever meant to be a permanent thing unless no, they no, couldn't no, come no. to an agreement. From what yeah. I remember, it's been a really long time since I read that article about it. It was like when I was... This was like early Google days. When Listen, I, read about this. I love the new direction um, interactions took after that. Like it, it introduced a new interesting relationship pattern. Yeah, I thought I thought they did a good job with it, and I don't want to get too much into it because, like, I'm sure most people listening to our podcast know what we're talking about, but. Let's sure. not talk about the big thing until it happens, you know? <laughs> in four years. It's cool. Anyway. We'll, we'll get there before four years. Fine. In four years, chronological timeline. Yeah, there you go. Blah, yeah, yeah. Because we can do about two seasons a year. A little, little more than that. If we can actually keep up this pace. <laughs> we've done it for, like, we've done it a whole season. Yeah, no, it's been, it's been a really good season of nothing disrupting our lives, like another pandemic or something disrupting us recording during the pandemic heck yeah so yes then we go straight from we don't even get to talk to daniel we just see that he's in a pod as well then we go to sam um and they make a note as they're pulling her out of the the nitro pit that um that she has knockwood in her system so she needs to be more dosed yeah thus acknowledging um, on screen that yes drugs yeah <laughs> and i so uh, sam i'm a scuzz i'm a scuzzball so of course i noticed that this pod happened to conspicuously be much higher up on Sam. I literally than noted the, the same thing. I, I didn't write it in my notes, but I went, yeah, uh, the guys, it went down almost to their waists, and for yeah. her, it's right <laughs> yeah. below her collarbone. Yeah. I mean, not that I was looking. I, I appreciate yeah, that don't they get me did wrong. that. Don't get me wrong. I'm always here for non gratuitous nudity. Mm -hmm. The lack. I'm always here for the lack of gratuitous nudity. 
That's a hard nudity? phrase to say. You try saying gratuitous nudity quickly. It's difficult. <laughs> gratuitous nudity? No, fuck you. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, um, over here for those of us who don't know how to speak, uh, I'm happy at its absence. Yeah, absolutely. It's not missed. Uh, but so Sam wins a place in my heart like she didn't already have one. But for she definitely wins a place in my heart for this scene where um, as they're like doing the same thing with her that they were doing with Jack, she's just immediately like, is this necessary? Oh, real quick though, can we just take a moment yeah. to really appreciate her acting because everyone has their reactions, of course, upon the reveal of their teammates being dead and stuff. And Ooh, she is emotional. Yeah, her little whimper it. was amazing. Yes. Uh, it and was this really is, good. This is a moment where I'm, I I wanted to give credit to the episode, maybe. So it could be that, you know, it's bad and stupid, you know, that it's only because they're bad guys that they'd be questioning them right off the bat. And then I realized maybe it's on purpose. If you, you know, tell them right off the bat and just really rush into questioning them, it it's, keeps them vulnerable. It keeps them dependent. Yeah, they're it off keeps balance. Them off balance, exactly. I was like, ah, oh, shit, this is actually smart. Never mind. No, I guess. Works. Like, I guess. I guess this isn't actually bad crap. Yeah, this is around the time I was like, like, this episode isn't crap. This is actually kind of a good episode. Okay. Yeah, the thing is, cool. outside of the fact that neither of us like clip shows anyway, and outside of the fact that the technology that they use to uh, do the freaking holographic memories or whatever is stupid, all of our like quote unquote I mean, I appreciate complaints. Difference. Yeah. I, I, I understand they were going for something new and interesting, but it, again, like we pointed out, it doesn't make sense that he's remembering things from the third person. <laughs> oh, that part's garbage. That part's utter horseshit, and I hate it. Uh, I totally understand from her production value, that must have been a nightmare to even consider redoing from a first-person yeah. perspective. So Especially I, I when get, uh, clip shows are meant to save money. <laughs> exactly. So I understand why there's a cost-cutter joke in this episode. They're cost-cutting. Yeah. And that would be the antithesis of that if they redid this and made it something exactly. else. Exactly. So, fine. I'm not going to complain. I am going to laugh at it because it's like, okay, wait. how? how who's holding the ca- Who's there recording yeah. this? <laughs> Wow, this is some this is some 1080 quality here for what must have been a 90s era camcorder that somehow is also with a, a third party who was there with them. What's happening? So yeah, no. As soon as you think about it, it yeah. works. Uh, as I was saying, our, uh, most of our uh, supposed complaints for this episode work as plot points, honestly. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, this yeah. is really fucking obvious. Well, yeah. I don't think the people responsible are supposed to be master strategists, you know? Yeah, I'd, I'd honestly probably give it, like, a good 75 to 80, 80% are probably explainable. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so I, I love Sam Maybe. in this scene because she's immediately, like, resistant to being helpful. <laughs> she's like, is any of this really necessary? And the nurse is like, we need to know who could do this to you. And then Sam just... In my bones, I felt her response because in, in much the same way the general, um, after Jack was like, oh, so the toker couldn't help us with the gold, huh? And the general just went, no. Sam's response is just a flat, blunt, why? <laughs> I like how, A, by the way, that does show that she has that Nakoda resistance probably going on yes, a bit. She's not yes, nearly definitely. as known. But one thing that kills me is... <laughs> So first off, on this front, I guess it's like B now instead of A. I go. F- I love switching between letters and numbers for no reason. Anyway, <laughs> so I guess I'm on B. When they woke up, they were left alone. When she woke up, she got her face all handled for some reason. I was like, yes. is that just to break up the monotony of the wake-up shots or something? And I cra- it cracked me up even more because 
then Jack and Daniel, when they woke up, they were kind of like confused, disoriented, shocked. You know, she was immediately she was awake full and ready. Anger twitching and questions, and mm-hmm. I just I loved it. And maybe I was part of me was kind of going, well, yeah. You also like I'm sorry, but if somebody if I woke up, I don't care how disoriented I am. If somebody's grabbing my face, <laughs> I'm gonna be like, what the fuck is happening? Who are you? Why are you doing what? Ow! Why are you stabbing me in the head? What do you mean you know, I need to tell you things? Who the fuck are you? You know, I actually buy that uh, they left Jack and Daniel to kind of, like, wake up on their own, but, like, grabbed her face and, like, were looking, like, in her eyes and all that stuff, because they already made a point about the fact that they need to dose her more because of the knockwood in her system. They're probably making sure that they've dosed her enough. Yeah, they're probably checking pupil response and shit like yeah. that. Yeah. No, it tracks. It just cracked me up. Yeah, no, it's great. <laughs> so like, I just... People who handle a person's face are then surprised when she's a little angry. <laughs> you can attest, the moment Sam said, why, I texted you. <laughs> I was like, Sam saying... Sam asking why is peak comedy in this episode. <laughs> The funny thing was, was when you said that, I was, like, just waiting for it. I was like, yeah, I mean, there's a spot later, but okay. Yes, yes, we'll get there, we'll get there. Um, so, uh, then the nurse, uh, the nurse already slips up and shows her ass because she's like, well, we have to be ready for the the threat of Apophis. And Sam's like, Apophis is dead. (laughs) Okay, so here's what cracks me up. Oopsie one there, of course, is Ellen's reaction, like, wait, what? Oh, yeah, of course, uh, Apophis is totally credit dead. To, credit to that nurse, though, she she covers pretty right. quickly. She definitely does have a moment of shit. Shit. But then right? she, like, immediately, like, of course, right. I just mentioned his name right. to help uh, stimulate your memory in right. that direction. She and comes up with a good cover. I think out of all of the Oh, no, she's little... pretty damn good. Her, um, her improv is damn good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think out of all the little slaves in this encampment, I think she's the one with the most going on upstairs. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, so the oopsie one is... It's, it's a real oopsie. It's not supposed yeah. to be an oopsie, you know? It's the character oopsie, not an episode oopsie. There we go. I can say it. Oopsie 2, though, is bad writing because when she says that, um, Sam goes, isn't he dead? I'm like, okay, your, your episode even talked about how he was getting sent to Sokar who might just end up reviving him to torture him. So isn't he dead is kind of like a little too much out of left field, as in you should have said something more along the lines of, wait, so Sokar revived him? Or something like that. You should have... Yeah, but he still wouldn't have been a threat. That's the problem. You're right. That's probably exactly why they were doing it that way. But it still yeah. bugs me because it implies that she doesn't remember that element. Can we actually talk about that episode about <laughs> something I didn't even think about until then? What? Until now. Actually, what? I thought about it recently, but like it hasn't been something we could talk about until now. So they were like, oh, well, you know, Sokar could, has a sarcophagus. He could always just bring Apophis back. Does a sarcophagus resurrect... A snake? Yes. How do we know that? We've because seen this episode that because that episode establishes it. I'm pretty sure that's the episode that establishes it. But that that doesn't make any sense to me. Like I I feel like it it seems far more reasonable to me that they would have technology that would fix the host. Yeah. But to full on resurrect the snake inside them just seems one step too far in my yeah, head. Yeah, no, you're actually completely right because now that like that that takes something else into light. So for example, when um Daniel has that freak out and shoots that whole jar full of them, doesn't that mean that yeah, they can just take that whole jar just, just up it. the hill and revive them all? I huh. think that was a fuck up in the yeah, episode. That's I, a don't fuck up. Think, I think I don't you're right. think 
Yeah, because that's basically a Lazarus pit snake. then at that point. You're just yeah. you're just good. Because I no. don't think we that ever would make them see too impervious. That they can yeah. Do that. No, you couldn't do that because that would just make them way too impervious. Yeah, you would have to vaporize yeah. every goal before yeah, they would Yeah, they haven't established yet that they have to like burn them. This isn't like Walking Dead or something. No. So I think this that was an like, honest fuck up in that episode. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's an honest one. It's an easy one to make, but I think yeah. that was in fact a... Because we didn't even catch it until now. You yeah, didn't exactly. catch it. I, I didn't catch it until you said something. So yeah, that wasn't... Huh. Yeah, I feel like I thought about it a Shit. week later, probably when I was listening to our episode after it got published. And as I was listening to it, I was going, wait, that doesn't make any fucking sense. How can their yeah. sarcophagus resurrect the snake, too? Fuck. Okay, so that with, with that in mind, Sam's reaction makes complete sense. It yeah. doesn't technically make sense because technically the episode is establishing not this one, but the one back then with Sokar established yeah. technically that the sarcophagus apparently just is the be-all, end-all to life. I guess I guess maybe it could be implied, like, if it's too far past, you know, you couldn't resurrect it. Like, if it was decomposed or something, that's usually the sci-fi out, is that uh-huh. it has to be, like, fresh, dead kind of shit. So I could buy that. But it Unless still makes them way too Unless they were insinuating that Sokar would resurrect the host just to torture the host with no apophysis um, inside. I don't know if that would make any sense. Yeah, and so also far, he's not stupid. He's just terrifying. Yeah, and also like I feel like in the instance of the the Apophis host, if the snake inside him died and the host died, resurrecting fixing the body, there's still no consciousness inside it. Yeah. I give up. So, okay, I don't, so it doesn't make any sense. So I don't. I don't like say that this end for the anymore. <laughs> so just for, just on 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 paper, I'm saying it for the record. Technically, from a show standpoint, it is technically established as an accident. <laughs> we're thinking that the sarcophagus has a little bit too much power, and it makes no sense that Sam would have forgotten about that because the show kind of does talk about it. The thing is, I don't think the show ever shows that they can full yes, on exactly. resurrect a fucking yeah. snake. And so with that in mind and with the fact that as you've noticed that doesn't make any fucking sense and yeah. maybe Sam came to that same kind of conclusion, it would make a lot of sense that the smart person wouldn't think it would work like that. Like yeah. the super smart astrophysicist. Maybe she much so, like me a week later was like, hold on a yeah. second. So even though technically officially it shouldn't be this should be a goof, we're going I'm going with it not being a goof because <laughs> It, it actually makes sense, because it wouldn't make sense from a writing standpoint to make them that invulnerable. That's way too much revival power there. That, that wouldn't... Yeah. Mm. No, then how is it? How, how is ever? How is anyone ever fall? All you need is to... Exactly! I mean, I know we don't know about cloning yet or any of that shit, but still. Like, you just, all you need is a one Jaffa who smuggles your little snake corpse out within uh-huh. a certain time frame, and you're good to go. It's ridiculous, and I don't buy it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, so the nurse uses the whole, yes, we just need to, you know, incite your memories of fighting the gold display by bringing up Apophis. So then Sam has a flashback to the mothership, uh, blowing up the mothership, that whole mission. The, the season finale for last season. <laughs> and again, they're like asking a lot of like probing questions during it. And once again, I'm like, for people supposedly on your side, they appear to know, know nothing about your missions. My, my, my note on those flashbacks after the uh, multiple times where I go, goddamn flashbacks, fuck me flashbacks, is, right? um, you know it's referencing season one when Daniel's glasses are nowhere to be found. <laughs> Fair enough. And the first half of season two. Exactly. Because he's just doing that little aggravated walk he was doing the whole time throughout the mothership, and his glasses are just, glasses are just 
gone. Um, but yeah, so then we're done with Sam for a little bit. We go to Daniel and with his my new first, haircut. Did you notice his new my haircut? My first list. I'm <laughs> fucking sick of this. <laughs> my first note is, what is that awful bull cut on Daniel? I just love that I can take something away from you like you took it away from me. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I still got Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven yeah, out fuck there. Fuck you. <laughs> Anyway, but, <laughs> this is the third time we've had the same fucking note, the same yeah. location. But yeah, um, yeah, I was like, "What is so, that hair, man?" Oh, it's so bad. Well, I mean, I, I I wrote underneath it. I'm like, dude, literally everyone looks bad with wet hair. I yeah, but even when it dries, it looks bad. Uh, I eh. feel like season three and season four were his wet worst haircuts. <laughs> yeah, I, I just hate wet length hair. Just because I I just hate wet hair as a thing. So yeah, like I love the Underworld movies, but I'm always laughing. I always describe them to people. I'm like, yeah, it's a it's a very dark vampire movie starring a chick with perpetually damp hair. Oh God. No, but on Daniel's hair, um, if I recall correctly, season three is the era of the terrible half bowl cut. <laughs> um, and season four is the era of the painfully long sideburns. I they like his mutton chops. Until season five. They're not mutton really chops, sad. but I like them. I like them. I hate them okay. so much. Yeah, but you already know this about me. I like, I like a beard. I love beards. I just... I, I don't like clean shaven. I like a beard. So I never really get that with Daniel until he reaches full fuck it status at the end. No, that's the thing. I love season eight and nine. Like, the, the, I love the full fuck it. Like, full fuck uh, it Daniel is great. Unshaven Daniel. <laughs> yeah. I love. That's a good look for him. Right. The fucking long ass sideburns <laughs> are as close horrid. as I can get for a while. I like Oh, them. I hate them. I don't I know. Hate them He's so got the jaw much. for them. I think he looks good with it. I don't like sideburns. They sideburns should be a certain length and no longer. And they look <laughs> awful. Fucking ugh. So you ugh. like Star Trek ones cuz Star Trek sideburns that's like a that's a little thing that all Star Trek movies and TV shows do is they have that little uh angle to the sideburns on men. I think the the sideburns on Star Trek are good. Yeah, you like those ones? Cool. I think so. It's been a while since I watched Star Trek. Um I think they even do it in Orville. I know, shameful. Be cute. But uh but I think the ones in Star... I can't think of any visceral, unhappy reaction to sideburns. <laughs> Not like season four, Daniel's... Oh, God. Ugh. I, I want on record, I really hope I leave this conversation in. I do, too. <laughs> this is a valid conversation. It's a very valid conversation. His hair looks horrible. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they ask him about any other possible gold that could be a threat of than Apophis, since Apophis is quote-unquote dead. Um, and we get very quick, it? yeah, we get very quick flashbacks to Sokar and Heru-Ur and fucking Hathor. So, I don't know if it was here, yeah, it must be, it must have been around here, because, uh, yeah, yeah, Hathor, yeah, because my Hathor knows after it. You know, the flashbacks remembered who Chlorel was. Chlorel is in there. No one's talked about him and where he is and what's going on with Chlorel, but he's in the fucking the flashbacks. Fuck? <laughs> so I'm like, guys, come on, if you're gonna leave him out conspicuously, you should at least continue continue to conspicuously leave him out because now this presence is in an in, in oh my god, in itself, there we go, conspicuous. That is too many vowels. That is far too many vowels for me. Yeah. <laughs> but seriously, I um I can't handle I can't handle how I was like, wait, wait, there's Chlorel. 
Was someone gonna bring up Chlorel? No one? No one? No one at all? No one? Okay, cool. I guess we're just not talking about Chlorel. Cool. Cool. What I like, though, is that starting with Sam, we're starting to see uh, that SG-1 are just, they're not the cooperative, they're not the cooperative team. Because well, at this point, Daniel's, Daniel's basically defense. like, um, I'm done telling you things, you're gonna tell me things now. In Daniel's defense, they just ended on a very traumatic memory for him, which is when I he know. was, you know, mind-raped by Hathor. Not just mind-raped. It, all the raped. Yeah, all by the Hathor. raped. Yeah, he, she, I was unhappy when Hathor's presence was here. Because that was the moment I remembered what this episode was. And I was like, oh, fuck me. That's right. Uh-huh. When we watched Hathor's episode, I remember talking about this guy. I don't, want to, I don't want her to come back. And I remember you saying, yeah, she does for whatever episode. I'm like, oh, God, I'm not looking forward to that. And then all the dots connected. Aww. I like that you remembered that and I did not. Oh, yeah, the dots <laughs> connected. Because, I mean, I've seen this a million times. Well, I don't know, around season two, I probably started to... No, I've seen this episode a few times. <laughs> Not enough to remember it was Alan, but enough that I was able to go, oh, shit. So, here's the thing. This episode's still better, because at least it doesn't actually involve oh, any yeah, of that yeah. shit. They drop it immediately. Absolutely. Um, and this is actually the moment where I had a very important question. Mm-hmm. Uh, because this is when Daniel's like, um, no, you're gonna tell me some things now, and starts, like, asking about if anyone's still alive. Um, and they're like, yeah, uh, Hammond lived until he was 95 or something like that. And at that, and then Daniel's like, so everyone I know is dead. And this is the moment where I went, literally last episode, you traveled to the future and met old Cassandra. Also, where's Dr. Frazier? Yeah, she would have, she would have still been, she would have been old. There was a chance. Yeah, there there was a shot. I mean, 50 years, she was in her, what? early 30s well no it's supposed to be like 78 years later oh sorry i keep thinking from our timeline ha sorry um nope from 20 more years cassandra ago cassandra would have okay. still been alive cassandra definitely would have had a shot of being alive and they literally perhaps a very old dr fraser just last i'm sorry if if this sgc can now handle cryo fraser fraser can still be alive uh, but they literally just last episode talked to an old Cassandra. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. That's yeah. my one big complaint, because no, I don't care how drunk you are. Forgetting this, this happened episode. a week ago. <laughs> so here's the thing. I, I purposely don't look at the ratings on IMDb. There's a reason why I've never brought up the ratings on, on about the shows. I don't like oh, looking up... I don't up, care what everyone yeah. else thinks about well, an episode. I, mean, I care what I think about it. <laughs> there we go. I don't like to look them up, though, because here's the thing. Sometimes, like, it might be... Because it turns out, like, I'll read the trivia, for example, this is not a fan favorite or whatever, mm-hmm. but I still don't look up what the actual rating is. For example, with the plant people, I found out that it wasn't apparently that well-received, and I was like, really? I think this is a fun episode. Yeah. So that is why I don't check out the ratings, because to me, it's like, fuck it. If it's an episode I like, I'm gonna like it. I am continuing the trend. I'm not going to check. But if you told me this was low rated, I'd believe you because even when I do like things about it, it's just got too much, way too much convenient forgetting of crucial yeah. little elements. Or, and we just, talked or just not even mentioning a bunch of shit. About how we don't like convenient forgetting. <laughs> yeah, that just bugs the crap out of me. Yeah. But yeah, that was my big problem with this. Like, a lot of it can be explained with there being drugs. Yeah, that drugs one is still. something you should have fucking remembered. Yeah. Also, these things activate when you have, like, sudden memories, and he's thinking, okay, everyone I know and love is dead. Hmm, I wonder how that wife is of mine. Ugh. Yeah. Why did and that trigger? we don't see her at all. Nope. Nothing happens there, because, again, Especially since she has a snake in her, so she should things. still be alive. Exactly. But is it convenient just not talking or thinking about certain things, because that would derail the episode. Yep. 
Uh, so this is when we go to Teal'c, who wakes up in the real SG-1, and, um, he talks about how the planet that they went to had a mix of Horus and Serpent Guards, which he notes as being, um, interesting, unique. <laughs> which, thank God for the trivia, I had to look in that, into that, because I couldn't remember who they served. Well, I, I, as soon as he said that, went... Isn't that literally, but I actually just remembered that I'm wrong. But I was like, wasn't that what Ra had? But no, Ra had Horus and Anubis. Well, that's the thing. I looked into it and it said that Ra, Heruer, and uh, Hathor all had them because they were the same family. It was just yeah. weird that it was with the other guys because they were from Apophis and they were mortal enemies. So it would have made would not have made sense for them to be collaborating. They actually explain why. Um, right, right. But it's, yeah. it's, it's they why they actually it's do a note. good reason. Yeah, I think this is actually one of those interesting wins where it's like, actually, that's well, that's well placed. Yeah. That's I'm just it happy that the mystery was there for me to help yeah. me out because I couldn't it's remember good. why that was special. But yeah, I like. I actually appreciate this one because it plants a small mystery that they actually answer in this episode, and it makes sense. And I, I believe it 100. percent Yeah. No, I like. I it. have no questions about yeah. it. I'm just happy that the, the trivia helped me because I could yeah, not be trusted good. to remember it. What I like also is that they hid what the outcome was in the flashbacks, like it was any other flashback. They they really yeah. they really blended it in, and I was actually they, like, yeah, it honestly. was. I was impressed because they didn't even do like that thing I'm always bitching about, where you can always um, tell which is the right answer in a test because it's like the yeah. longest one with the most detail. They didn't really even do that. I mean, they did no. a little too much. But at the same time, they had done a shit ton on Tantalus. Like the Tantalus just kind of kept going. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I will say I, I knew about the Horus one just because, um, I remember having to look it up when Harrower showed up because I was like, why does he have Ra's Horus guards? Yeah, there we go. So I already had that answer because I had looked it up way back during Harrower because I was like, wait, what? Why? Right. <laughs> but yeah, um, so Teal'c is basically like, all right, I'm gonna go look for my team. And they're like, uh, you were in bed for three weeks. You were almost dead. <laughs> so Hammond tells him that SG-1 doesn't seem to be on the planet anymore. Like, he sent, like, UAVs. Like, it's like Scorched Earth, the planet that they went to. is Scorched Earth at this point. It, if they were there, they're not there anymore. Uh, he's basically like, look, uh, I can't dedicate any more resources to this. And I was like, I don't buy that Hammond would give up. <laughs> this is his favorite team. But... Teal'c is basically like, all right, well, uh, if you're done looking for him, I'm, I don't have any reason to stay here anymore. I was here for SG-1, not you guys. <laughs> well, I mean, because to be fair, SG-1's whole thing was to fight, and if they're giving up on that, then that means they're not going to be fighting as hard. Yeah, exactly. But he basically quits SGC to be able to return home. Go ahead. Real quick. I just need to know, I haven't looked it up yet because I didn't want to go down a rabbit hole, uh -huh. <laughs> but when Hammond's mentioning shit they sent out to look, he says UAVs, and then he mentions balloons, and <gasps> I just want to know, like, are they weather balloons? Like, were you using weather, like, what, what balloons? I, I would, I have some questions. Do you have remote control hot air balloons? Like, I, mm. I have to assume it's like those, uh, those foil weather balloons so they could get up really high right? That's and the only get thing I a, think of, but like the highest yeah. wide scope. Yeah. It is the first time they've mentioned it, which is yeah, wild. It just the crap out of me. I was like, wait, balloons? What do you mean balloons? I didn't even catch that. But I did actually like, I, um, the scene between Teal'c and Hammond because at first Hammond's like, I can't let you leave. You know, you're, you're a, you risk a security threat. And Teal'c just looks at Hammond and goes, you know, I would die before I would give any information. And Hammond just looks at him for a minute and goes, you're right. 
and lets him go. Okay, see, that's I love why that I always respect. believe this episode is low rated. No, this pisses me off because this right here just completely skirts an issue, which is, when you, wait, were, were you going to keep him prisoner? Yeah, he was. <laughs> no, I didn't like that. That's honestly, um, between, between that moment um, and uh, the part where he gave up on looking for SG-1, and because I don't remember this episode very well because I don't care about clip shows, so I, uh, I wiped it from my memory, I was like, is this a lie too? <laughs> Like, I didn't believe this was Hammond. Yeah, I think some of this dialogue is convenient dialogue. Oh, it absolutely is. Um, like, he definitely... I understand why they did it, because they wanted to show that, like, there's that respect of, like, that Teal'c's earned that respect. But if he had, then they wouldn't have had that insinuation that he wasn't going to let Teal'c leave in the first place, is the problem. Yep. Like, like, I like the latter half of this conversation, but the lead into it is weak. <laughs> no, it is questionable at best. Yeah. Uh, so then we cut Not Janet, back to... Not brief moments that are pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Um, like I said, the end is good, but the lead in. <laughs> so then we go back to fake SGC, and my note is, Jack is a motherfucking genius, and has been keeping himself from being dosed by pinching the IV tube. Very smart. You know what's not very smart? Why would you use your other language anywhere near the lying zone? I know, right? <laughs> I don't care how drugged you think this guy is. Precautions exist. Why are you dumb? Because they're all drugged up as well. Yeah, but come on. That just hurt um, me. That hurt the, me the inside. Gener- okay, I will say, uh, the guy pretending to be a general is definitely very stupid. Uh, and he's the one who starts the conversation in another alien language. Yeah. So, uh, I, this is the part I where I'm like, it. these people do not speak this language. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's that, very... That is obvious. <laughs> I'm not trying to diss them. I'm just pointing out that this does not flow. No. No, it doesn't. Um, so... Maybe it's not supposed to. Maybe it's just going over my head, but eh. So they leave after speaking in not English and not <laughs> any Earth language. Uh, and now there's just a single uh, nurse guard with him. And so Jack, like, takes the, the bit off of his chest that the IV was connected to and lures the... <laughs> You've got your whole arm in the air. Go for it. Oh my god, Mel. Okay, first off, people have got to stop ripping off IVs. It's just gross. I don't like looking at it. I don't like imagining it. It just hurts me. It's just gross. It's like puking. Don't do it. We, we can imagine it. Just... But it's a futuristic IV. Yeah, it's still got to be in you. I believe needles are still involved. Somebody mentioned on trivia that apparently the thing she's using to calibrate the memory thingies is actually a nose hair trimmer. I'm <laughs> While I'm laughing at that, I still think puncturing has to be involved with IVs of this nature. So stop ripping your oh, mouth. Yeah. gross. Anyway, um, but the actually important thing is this attendant thing. Oh, my lord. So first off, worst attendant ever doesn't even begin to notice a change of state in his patient. Yeah. And despite being in front of all of the monitors. <laughs> but what really kills me is they were dedicated in this scene to making it look like he had a touchscreen. But what he was jabbing was most certainly not a touchscreen because A, it was discoloring like crazy every time he jabbed his fingernail into Aww. it. You know, like a liquid crystal screen did back then when you did yeah. that. I don't know if it was liquid crystal, whatever the fuck it was. Um, but it's still like, you could tell. It was like jab, jab. And I was like, ooh, that screen, ow, that hurts. I hope that wasn't a lot of takes. <laughs> you know, those poor pixels. Um, yeah. 
But what really kills me is the screen itself obviously doesn't change. Nothing readout-wise even remotely changes despite many jabs. So not only is he jabbing it, like, in real life, just hurting a screen for no reason, but it's not even doing anything in the show! So the whole thing is, it's just bad. It's just bad. That extra... I don't know if, if how much of this is his fault. I just know that the whole scene was just really dumb for like about a solid ten seconds while this guy was attempting to pretend that that screen was usable in that fun, in that fashion. And they it borrowed just, that extra from oh, Touchstone. It, it riled me up, man. <laughs> they borrowed that extra from Touchstone. Yeah, so Jack lures this guy over and knocks him out and steals his clothes. Because uh, again, worst the, attendant ever. Yeah, yeah. Then we go back to SGC and Teal. Uh, is going through the gate and I actually like this exchange where like as before he leaves um, he does like the Jaffa salute while everyone else does the you know U.S. Air Force salute so I like this exchange where um, as Teal'c's leaving he does the Jaffa salute with like the the fist against his chest and then Hammond has everyone in the gate room salute him and then Teal'c also goes into that salute because he's been working with them for two years you know but I like that little exchange. Um, the scene of, kind of broke you know. me, man. It kind of broke me. That was a, that was a pretty damn oh. good send off. Yeah, it was the a good send off. And his and acting. The, oh. Yes, the scene caps off with right before Teal walks through the gate, you just get a long linger on his face, and he just looks so broken, beyond devastated. I it hurt. It, I keep saying that, but seriously, this one actually, like, my heart kind of hurt a little. I was, I was. Mm-hmm fully in the moment it was it was difficult to watch <laughs> it was it was just difficult so back at fake sgc um jack continues to snoop and finds a weird gold door on the other side of an elevator that leads into what is obviously the inside of a gold ship and i like that shot i actually made a note on yeah. it because i like how that it's... whole thing goes with the doors opening yeah exactly it's got a very i know we've mentioned it before but it's got a very like alice in wonderland kind of feel yeah a little even bit. in the way he kind of like looks at it like is that yeah. really there <laughs> yeah yeah i didn't catch that but i kind of like that yeah but yeah so he goes through and now he's clearly on like some gold ship and he does a great uh visual loop of again those uh like those uh pointless little walls that Jack can literally just loop some walking, some patrolling Jaffa and avoid being seen that way. Which is honestly, I would call that continuity, because they did something like that on Apophis' ship, too. They hid behind those kind of useless oh, walls yeah, quite sorry. a lot in Apophis' ship. I think about yeah, no, I was just laughing about I remember laughing about it before, too, because I was laughing about it again, which is, this is why you don't build accent exactly. walls in your layers. So he sees Jaffa patrolling, and he's like, alright. Uh, and then he gets a headache. And, um, gets another clip show, and I actually didn't write down what the clip show was for this time. Probably, probably the Apophis J- ship again, I'm assuming? Yes? If he got it from seeing <laughs> Jaffa patrolling a hall. Oh, I think it was, like, the firefight in, with him and Braytac against the Jaffa in, I think that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't write a note on it, because it was Yeah, just, I didn't like, either. It was a clip show. It was like, I yeah, said, I'd oh, it's another clip that. show. Yeah, yeah exactly. It was something so we hadn't enters... seen before. Mm-hmm. So he enters another elevator and comes out in fake SGC again. And then he finds Sam and knocks her guard out. Hey, I do and... like a moment there of Jackness, though, because he briefly considers how much it's going to hurt the guy he smacks. Yes. Briefly. And then he, he smacks him he anyway. He thinks about it. He's he like, does think mm, about it. Mm. <laughs> and 
by the way, after that, just because I have your attention already, so much touching of Sam's body in this scene. <laughs> it's, I actually appreciate, because it's very respectful the entire time. No, I was, no, this was not me complaining. This was respectful no, no, touching I, that my yeah. inner shipper was losing no, its I knew, shit No, I knew you were talking about it for that, but because yeah. of the fact that she is not wearing clothes under that blanket, I appreciate how respectful it is at all times. Oh, yeah. I, I live um, for his reaction, though, to her being naked. It's terrific. And I'm still laughing my ass off at the fact you can see the little imprints of the packing foam on her skin. Yeah. Uh, but, again, uh, I actually kind of like... <laughs> it's funny because it's like this this, uh, this this flashback comes unprompted, but it also, again, kind of like how the flash into Torment of Tantalus from the Asgard worked. Um, she sees Jack and she's like, I thought you were dead. And then remembers another time that she she thought he was gonna die when he got spiked through the shoulder by the uh, by the the rod thing from yeah. the the the. It's, it's a good example of show not tell. I appreciate it exactly. Yeah, that one. It was like okay, I understand entirely. That's an entirely emotional response. And Jack yeah. even like pulls the like plug thing out. Of, like obviously she still got the port in her head, yeah. but he like disconnects it so that it's no longer. Um, displaying what she's remembering. Uh, but yeah, so I actually think that was great. But he he warns her like uh, that that it can happen like without warning sometimes. Yeah. Um, actually, he warns her later. Sorry, maybe I don't know. We'll get to the point where I was thinking. Uh, but yeah, so so yeah, that that scene happens. Um, and I <laughs> I do think it's funny that like so. He knocked out her guard and everything. And then he's like, yeah, change clothes with them. How do they fit? She's not wearing clothes. Which means they left that man <laughs> nude on the floor. I, I'm guessing she's just going commando. They left him in his under, uh, underwear. That's just my assumption there. My biggest problem was, sure, that overcoat's like a little baggy, but those clothes oh, seem to fit her yeah, a little too I definitely, well. Like, I what had size that is that guy? as well, yeah. I'm like, and yet, despite her being a smaller woman, it seems to fit her just fine. She's still up from a man, but it's fine. Like, okay. Cool. Um... So, yeah, sorry, where are we? Oh, yeah, so as they, so now they're both snooping, uh, and they do another, like, hiding behind accent walls to see the nurse and the general walking by with some Jaffa. So this is the scene when the, um, when the nurse and the general and the Jaffa walk by that, uh, she starts to remember some other previous mission or whatever, and, um, Jack warns her not to think too hard about any past things and as he's warning her then she gets a memory spike of starting to remember something and he has to cover her mouth and hide behind a wall as those people walk by and that's i think when he says yeah they tend to do that i got all flattery again because i know he, yeah I, my first note was me just you know laughing was i was like hold me jack the scene keeps going and i'm just gonna point out he never stops holding her the entire no. time so, I was a happy camper. So, uh, let's see. Then they find Daniel next. Right. <laughs> now he just needs to hold Daniel. Yeah, he doesn't, though. Aw. Um, Daniel deserves but, hugs. Right? Uh, he also deserves not being that terrible fucking futuristic uh, fatigue. Because everyone else got to have the, the much nicer looking nurse outfit. But they put, they put him in the fucking ugly fatigue. It looks like gills. They look horrible. I hate them. But this, this is the scene with the moment for me. 
where they wake him up and they do like a quick rundown, um, like the briefest of rundowns. And he just kind of looks at them for a minute, laying on his bed, and he goes, I have more questions, but that can wait. <laughs> I had the same note. I was like, God, man, thank you for being amazing. And then immediately I got annoyed again because I was like, wait, where did they actually find clothes for him? Yeah, exactly. I was like, what? <laughs> whatever. What the fuck? Like, maybe I, okay. I'm willing to buy it, especially since he was wearing co- different clothes from them, because of the fact that they had fatigues for Jack when he did a walk around. So maybe there were just fatigues in that room in case Daniel demanded a walk around later. Why not? I mean, he's wearing clothes, so clearly they were somewhere. Yeah. But yeah, I do, uh, on, you know, so Daniel has the great, I have more questions, but that can wait. But I also love that in response to that, Jack just kind of like nods his head like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, at least Daniel's learning. This is a f- character development of the utmost. Okay. Hell yeah! This is an, this is an excellent moment of character development for him because, if you remember, this guy is the same guy who in the pilot, while they were frantically trying to dial out, he found the note he was looking for and then stopped and went, <laughs> "Look, look, there it is. See, I had it in my notebook." And they're like, "Daniel, fucking dial." At least he's learning how to hold it in until later. I also feel like that statement was kind of like him just emotionally compartmentalizing. Because he just had to deal with the thought that, like, all of his friends are dead. And then it's like, no, they were lying to you. They're alive. And so that's him kind of being like, okay, I will address this later alone. (laughs) I like that take, yeah. I would buy that. Uh, So then they're all... um, snooping around and there's the joke about the damn cost cuts happens when uh they start opening doors and finding nothing behind it i took the time to write i'm pretty sure sarcastically as fuck daniel's hair in this episode is terrific oh it's so bad it's so bad oh my lord it it gets a little bit better in season three like i know this is a lead into season three uh it gets a tiny bit better but it's still not great I also took the time to be annoyed with the episode, even though technically this is a good thing, like, they're showing, not telling. They've mentioned a couple times how it's unusual to be seeing these guards, and I'm going, Yeah, this is where Daniel also brings it up. Right? Here's what kills me. In an episode filled with rehashing, they won't tell you who those guys work for on screen to help me out. Yeah, that's unfortunate. So we, uh, get to the fake gate room, and they (laughs) continue to confirm that everything in this room is fake. When he kicks um, it, man, I wrote, Richard, stop kicking the set. The prop guys are tired of fixing it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so then, uh, as they're trying to figure out what's going on, surprise, it's Hathor! Real quick, real quick, before the surprise Hathor, that yes. actually was, like, I bet a pretty good surprise back in the day. I can't really remember. I bet it was a pretty good honestly, surprise, because again, they blended honestly, it in pretty well. I will say, it was a surprise to me, because like I said, there it's a go. clip show, and it's also Hathor, so I kind of wiped this episode there from my go. memory. Yeah, so here's, so here's the thing. Before that, I have to say, another moment of good directing real quick is... That shot as they're climbing up the ramp up to the fake Stargate right before uh, Jack kicks the gate. Mm-hmm. I love the shot because they're walking up and it just kind of keeps going. The shot just keeps going as Daniel walks across talking as they're moving up. And I'm just always here for moments where there's multiple things going on during yeah. the shot on the screen. But not in a shitty way. In a balanced kind of fun way. And I just thought the whole thing was a good take. And then followed by some funny kicking. And oh it's fake. It's like haha. Seriously stop kicking that. That fiberglass is expensive. 
<laughs> but yeah, so uh, Hathor reveals herself and all of her little slaves come out to sur- surround SG-1. And of course, of course, she has to take the time out to immediately start bad-touching Daniel. Dude, his reaction as he's walking away from her is awesome. The acting in this scene is great. I mm-hmm. I hate her bad touch. I hate everything about Hathor. I hate that they brought her back for this. I, of all the people to bring back for continuity, you had to bring back the rapist. Are you kidding me? I will like, say, okay. Why? So neither of us are fond of Hathor. No. But out of all the gold that we've seen, she makes the most sense for this plot. Well, yeah, but I just would have liked a different plot, I guess. No, I agree. I just want a different episode, Mel. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, neither of us like Hathor, but yeah, Michael Shanks is a very good... Yeah. Uh, Michael Shanks does a very good job of not being here for her touching him. Oh, yeah, no, it's some some damn good acting. But yeah, I just, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm annoyed yeah. at her presence. I was like, I, when I remembered it was her, I was like, oh, it's right, it's fucking right, it's fucking right. She's a whole plot element. God damn it. Yeah. Shit. So this is where Hathor explains that she's been sniping servants from various outposts of other gold, which is why she has the, the Horus and the snakes and the, that's why she's got all of these weird conglomeration of people. But the one thing she's really missing is info. She got people, she's got a place, she needs info, which is why she stole SG-1 and started probing them with this whole farce. So she, like, moves in and is creeping on, like, all of them, but especially the guys. But when she's close to Jack, Jack, um, like, basically insinuates that Hathor has bad breath, but it's, you know, obviously about her, her, her attraction mist. But she makes some comment about thing. how, yeah, but she makes some comment about how since they've already uh, been um, saved from it once, I suppose, they're now immune. Yeah, I mean, I'd buy it. That's like a thing that happens in the body as you build up antibodies. Yeah. So It's also convenient, but I buy it. I mean, that's why superbugs exist, is that people yeah. don't finish courses of antibiotics and then they don't kill off all the bacteria and the bacteria then become immune to it. Yeah, exactly. So whatever yeah, no, it is, it can it. totally be believable that their bodies have learned how to fight it off. Yeah. So she asks Jack to tell uh, her more about the Asgard, like where she can find them. And Jack says, try Roswell, which she's not from Earth, so she doesn't get that reference. Yeah, I... I never know if it's funny or not when people, like, they do it in Guardians of the Galaxy, they do it in Farscape, they do it all the time, where people who are from Earth, surrounded by people who aren't from Earth, make an Earth joke. Popular reference like joke. Like the Footloose uh, Yeah, or, like, you know, the, the, uh, he, when he's, like, describing the sphere that holds the Power Stone in the first Guardians movie, he's, like, something, something Maltese Falcon look, and I just remember going, like, <laughs> I remember going, like, can you surround this with any more metaphor? Like, Jesus Christ, they don't understand what any of that means. No. And it's, like, it's funny in Farscape, because he's, like, trying to teach it to them, because he wants yeah. them to be able to say his shit. And it's funny, and it's cute, um... But what I guess it's sometimes it's funny depending on how it's used. In this case, I never know if it's funny or not because it's like haha. But you know, there's no way she gets that right. Yeah. Like who's that joke think, for? Is it just for you? I don't think it's for him. It's for him. It's not. It's not for her. He doesn't want her to know what. I she mean, means. from that perspective, Mel, that I literally never thought about until just this second. That actually totally tracks because that's that's how I would roll. So never mind. I yeah. guess I've. Yep. Nope. That undoes my problem entirely. Cool. There you go. Moving on. <laughs> uh. So then she's she moves on to Sam, and. In a gold 
method of speaking asks her for the IDC code. <laughs> she asks for the series of numbers to unlock the gate on their, uh, un unlock the, the shield on their gate. And, but obviously she asks for the IDC code. But I do fucking love, because Sam just, like, smirks at her. <laughs> Not saying anything, just like, bitch, you think you're gonna get me to tell you anything? As much as I hate the character of Hathor, I do have to commend the actor, as usual, because she does a good job here of being, trying to be commanding, trying to be arrogant, but also still noticeably kind of like, fuck, 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 fuck. Yeah, because she no. can't get them to tell her what she wants, and she's exactly. noticeably unhappy and kind of nervous about this because she doesn't have anything to to hold over them. She can't do anything to them if they don't fear death. Yeah, and I think, honestly, it's insinuated by this entire situation of this episode that she's scrabbling to get power again. Exactly. Like she's, she's out of her stealing... element. There we go. Yeah, yeah, she's out of her element. She's been stealing all these people from all of these other in more power people and she's trying to get her foot back up into a place of power where she used to be but this is not her skill set exactly um yeah we don't like Hathor the character but the actress is doing a very good job yeah no kudos to her I like her uh I, I wish her talents could be shown in a less questionable character yeah and when I say questionable there's very little question to it I consider her to be a rapist she is yeah. She's a predator. She's, there's mm -hmm. just, there's really no other question. I mean. 100%. And she keeps calling them beloved and shit in this one. It's like Ugh. triggering as health or PTSD. It's like, no, nothing about her is cool. She's just. No. A, and I mean, I know she's supposed to be a bad guy. So on that front, good job writing. You've made her yeah. an effective asshole. I hate it. Hate it, hate it, hate it when it involves anything rapey. I don't know why it ever has to be used. Um, in any concept no, I whatsoever. I, I can't. wish villains could be other than that. Please. Right. We don't need that to always be the thing to make someone evil. I will even take stereotypical because humans are evil for the earth and so we have to kill them to save the earth. I like that trope. It's a, it's a terrible trope, but I will take that over this. Any right, day. yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so she quickly figures out this teammate, Budgen. She's not getting anything from them. Um, I like how she doesn't even ask Daniel for anything, because I feel like her attempt was to see if she could try and seduce him over again, and the way he very visibly backpedaled away from her and was not happy with her at all, she's like, oh, okay, that that's not happening. Yeah, victims tend not to like it when predators Weird. come back. Weird. So strange. But, I mean, I, I almost buy it, because gold have that disconnect of morals. <laughs> Oh yeah, no, they're oblivious as fuck to what yeah. reality is, so. So, the episode ends with uh, her calling out a definitely doped up Jaffa, um, who she just reaches into his stomach and pulls out a brand newly uh, matured larva. She's like, yeah, the timing is very fortuitous. This one just matured. Uh, and she goes, basically, so which one of you am I going to put it in? And that's how the episode ends. I don't know what annoys me more. It's not the CGI. I've already complained about that. But I don't know what annoys me more. The convenience of the timing of this thing's maturation or the fact that she went with this elaborate ruse to begin with if she had this out right there the whole time. Like, why didn't she just start with this? I don't know, man. That she I, wanted to see if she could, if she still had it. I, 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 <laughs> oh, no! But no, I... Uh, 
uh, feel free to cut this out. Um, but I just, I was on the wiki page, so I'm like, we're done with season two. I'm going to skim up to season what? three and get that page ready for next week and all that what? shit. You know what episode two is of season three? What? I'm so scared. Seth. <laughs> Um, wow, how do I put this delicately? Love that we're following Hathor up with Seth. That's how how do I combo, put this guys. delicately? Mel, I am going to have to... Uh, something is... Mm. <laughs> Mel, I'm going to have to be talked into watching this episode again. I, uh... uh fuck Maybe this Maybe that episode. one we'll have to watch together. Mel, I don't like this episode. <sighs> I know, but we gotta watch it. We'll just watch it together. We'll we'll get through it together. Like my body sank when you said that. I just went like, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I didn't realize it was that early, man. I thought that was season four. For some reason I was convinced that was season four. Weird. Yeah, well it's not. Unfortunately. Somehow I'm not shocked that Jonathan Glassner wrote that. What? Sorry, what? <laughs> I am. What? Because there's been a co- I mean, like, he's the one who fucked up the whole DID versus schizophrenia thing. Oh. I don't know. Yeah, I just, maybe. I'm not horribly shocked when I'm disappointed by something Jonathan Glasner's done at this point. That's a weird I don't mean sense that to be out like, loud. I just, I've, from what I've seen of these first two seasons, Brad Wright is more dependable than him. Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not, not gonna lie. I'm not gonna disagree. I'm not gonna disagree at all. I just like I I would say I I would more at this point expect Tor Alexander Valenza or um Catherine Powers. Honestly, to I was kind of expecting Powers. I was fully expecting Powers or some newbie who's like apparently terrible inside. I know. We'll watch it together and we can be mad at it together. Okay. My notes will just be like meh <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> so uh, that's the end of this recap for this week yeah uh, that actually is just the end she holds up a, a terrible cgi uh, snake and goes well terrible to our eyes nowadays and goes who's gonna take the snake yep basically that's and then we get a to be continued that's a sentence out so, loud i should not have said that was bad <laughs> that uh, sound right despite um the the lies trying to pretend like everyone died at some point uh nobody died <laughs> Yeah, no. Uh, apparently, Teal'c made a real go of it. Yeah, apparently. But, uh... But that's about it. Yeah, so... I think the fact that Janet and the larva together were able to keep him alive doesn't... Uh, means it doesn't count as a death for him. Yeah. Uh, so, are you a Jack or a Daniel? Sorry, I have to think about this. Because um, they kind of played tug-of-war on me today. Yeah, honestly, I am so torn between them because, like, on on the one hand with Jack, I I definitely would have been the person suspicious enough to pinch the IV. Although I I would have gone a step further and probably wouldn't have told them anything in the missions because yeah, I I don't I I'm just also a I'm 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 cranky I'm just cranky in life, but I'm, I'm damn fucking cranky after, like, anesthesia and shit like that. Yeah. I have been told this. I feel like, and I'm, I, I think, I think I have decided who I am, and I think it's, it's come down to something I wound up saying about an interpretation of, like, the presentation. Uh, for one, Daniel's line about, I have other questions, but those can wait. Yeah. 
like you, you already knew when I said that I loved Sam's why you just were waiting because you knew that line was waiting for me. So you already knew that was a line that was going to draw me in and it right. did. Um, but I think me pointing out that there was a good chance that a lot of that line was him being like, I need to kind of emotionally separate myself from my realizations for a minute and deal with them later. <laughs> I feel like I've got to be a Daniel for this because of my my interpretation of part of why he said that. So I think I'm going to actually go more towards Jack on this one because I was... I would have been more like, a, okay, I'm sorry, dude, I'm not going to really talk to you. I want to go walk in first. Like, I'm, I need to not be naked and this isn't working for me. Um, yeah, so no, I would honestly, have been more establishing on that one, I think, up front. A uh, little... Just a little bit more, like, quietly recalcitrant because that tends to be my go-to when I'm that tired. Yeah. Yeah, I felt both of them very much. Um, I could have been either of them. But I think between my interpretation of his delivery of that one line and also the way like after ver after the Hathor scene was brought up where he's like no I'm done answering your questions you're gonna answer mine now yeah that's pretty good I'm no. like I gotta be a Daniel I but Jack is a very very yeah. close second don't, don't get me wrong that one's that one's kind of really tempting me back towards Daniel but I think I'm gonna I don't know I just feel more Jack today I just feel more Jack today so I'm just gonna that's I'm fair. just gonna go with my gut and I'm gonna go towards Jack I don't know what valid. accent my body was going for today, but it wasn't mine. Uh-oh. All right, uh, so Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, thumbs up. It, I mean, it had yeah. serious flaws, but, um, I don't know. I mean, weirdly enough, I just kind of liked it, despite it being Hathor, honestly. Yeah, it despite... wasn't terrible. I kind I of liked the fact, the episode. I think the fact that this is a Hathor episode and a clip show and yet we still weren't, like... Like, the combination of those two things should have made us miserable. Right? And yet... But but the, the shape of the episode was just clever enough that it worked. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I was just... I'm just here for it. Yeah. No, it's... I, I agree with you. I think it's a thumbs up. Maybe it's up. because it was, like, 3%. It's a 3%. surprising thumbs up. <laughs> yeah, it was, like, 3% Hathor. That's my go as... That's my yeah, guess as to why there. it's not a bad episode. <laughs> It's because, yeah, she's an element. She's a significant element of it. And I'm not sure how I'm going to feel about the second part, but... But I also think that we'll what see. helps is that she's definitely on her back foot in this episode. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a very different take on Hathor, yeah. so maybe that's part of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's 3% Hathor, and of Hathor, only 3% of her is rapey. Exactly, yeah. Well, I'd give it more like 14%, but yeah. Yeah, because she immediately started touching Daniel as soon as she was in the same Yeah, 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 she does still go bad touch. Then yeah, that's pretty much but, it. But uh, that is the it. That is it for this week. No, I like that. That's that's Next the week. it. <laughs> the it. That is the it. Uh, yes. That's it for this week. Next week, we start season three and what? episode one, Into the Fire. And we'll wrap up this to be continued. Yeah, we'll see if we still can tolerate Hathor yeah. in the continuation. But don't worry, guys. We're not going to go on another nine month hiatus. Yeah, we're not doing that now. Yet, no. <laughs> we will don't be back it. next week. Don't don't jinx it. <laughs> if you want to get a hold of us, you can find me on Twitter at it's Mel Not List or our podcast Twitter at Point of Origin PC. You can also email us at pointoforigincast at gmail .com or write something on the side of a tissue box and toss it through the nearest wormhole. You can find links to things we talked about during the show in the show notes. And if you like the show, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. 
thank you for joining us through a whole season on our incursion through the iris. I know, right? And until next time. <laughs>